Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Good morning to everybody here on what is the uh, the final weekend of Week 18 in the regular season. Michael, how are we doing this morning? Now, that's sad when you say it like that, Femi, you know, yes. but it is a great weekend. I mean, we got it today, tomorrow and Monday. We got the college game. So a lot to talk about, a lot to watch, exciting times. So, yeah, and then we get wildcard weekend. We'll figure this uh, seating out and go from there. It's a good time. The great weekend of football that we have. You mentioned it, capping it off Monday night with a national title game. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. And of course, as we progress throughout the weekend, but we have a heavy NFL show as expected. But here are the guests that we have on the program today. Four of them, the fantastic four this morning on the Lombardi line, starting in 15 minutes. Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and the VEASAN College Football Bidding Podcast. He'll join us in 15 minutes to give us his thoughts on the national title game between Washington and Michigan. Then in 30 minutes, Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst at the athletic who are the big prospects in the national title game and could michael Penix really jump to qb1 with a big performance monday night in houston we'll ask dane brugler that in 30 minutes then in the second hour 11 15 eastern 8 15 pacific kirk morrison former nfl player now college football analyst for espn he'll join us michael you drafted kirk morrison isn't that correct like you were sure part did, of that yeah. raiders draft so it'll be a nice little raider yeah. reunion here on the lombardi yeah, we, line we, yeah it's awesome yeah kirk did a good job he was a good player he played it played for we coached the senior bowl that year and we were able to watch him and good player and is a you know is a, that was one of the funniest times in the nfl draft room with mr davis so you know but it was good and he came in and played well and kind of the game uh worked within the defense i know rob ryan and don martindale they were both really high on him yeah, Kirk Morrison has been covering the Rams, uh, doing a lot of the NFL analysis there. We'll get his thoughts on their season and, of course, some other NFL thoughts from Kirk Morrison as well. And then in hour number two as well, 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific, our buddy Matt Humans, host of VSIN tonight yeah. and the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Big weekend for our guy Humans. Atop weekend. the table in both the Circa Millions and the Quarterly and the yeah, Westgate Super Contest. He, he's on a heater. He's on a roll. I know, and he, you know, and he, and he didn't. He, he got eliminated from his own tournament. This tells you <laughs> that it's a long season, and I think that's what we get so caught up with, right? That you know, you're going to have good weeks, you're going to have bad weeks in this betting world. It's hard to be consistently seventy percent, and you know, the quarter, the way they work it at Circa Millions and at Westgate, all those places where you can win the quarter if you may not be in the the hunt. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is there's a there's an investment guy, Howard Markman, that talks about. You know, he's never in the top five of 
the quarter, the quarter in terms of his investment. But over the year, he's always in the top 10 because he doesn't have too many bad losing weeks. And he doesn't, you know, and he has good wins, not like he doesn't go for great wins. And I think that's the contest. If you can put together a bunch of three and twos, get some four and ones in there, have a couple five and O's, you got a chance to get to 70 percent. But if you have those one and fours, it's hard to recover. Oh, yeah, it's hard to recover. But the cool thing about the contest is what the quarterlies, it keeps you engaged because all it takes is one bad week or two bad yeah. weeks in a row. And it's like, well, I guess I'm done. I can't win anything in this contest. But with the quarterlies, like you still stay with the process. And our buddy Matt Humans has done that, has had a really hot final quarter here. So we're rooting him home and we'll get his thoughts on this weekend's NFL games and yeah. also his thoughts on the national title game as well since he's into the college football and is a part of the VEASAN college football betting podcast. But, Michael, let's start with the big NFL games that we have today. Two games on the slate here on this Saturday, and it'll start in Baltimore where the Ravens are hosting oh the Pittsburgh Steelers. The rivalry renewed, uh, probably one of the top five rivalries in the league, and Pittsburgh right now is down to a three-point favorite. This was four earlier in the week. Now we're down to three, total 34-and-a-half. Steelers with a win would need help. They need a Jaguars loss, a Bills loss, or a Texans-Colts tie. Uh, if they get either of those things and a win, they will make the postseason here. So obviously a lot to play for for Pittsburgh. For Baltimore, they're locked in as the number one seed, but still – they don't want to let this rival come in and just beat them up here. I think this will be a closely contested game. I, you know, look, it's always going to be a closely contested game because let's be clear, you know, we're, we're not going to, the Ravens are just not going to retreat. That's not who they are. That's not what they do. So, you know, I think for, for them, you know, they're playing a, a Pro Bowl quarterback, you know, <laughs> and, and Tyler Huntley, kiddingly, right? But, I mean, you can't rest everybody at the game. And so I think what you're going to see is the Ravens will rest a lot of their good guys, but they're going to play some of their guys too, and they have to, right? Beckham's not going to play. We know Lamar's going to be on the inactive list. Humphrey's going to be, I would suspect Ronnie Stanley would be there. But look, they're going to give it everything they have because they're, they don't have that quit in them. You know, they want to win the game. So I think that's why this line, plus Femi, I mean, I'm not a weather guy. But it's going to be bad weather along the eastern seaboard starting sometime around noon today all the way through till Sunday afternoon. So we got high wind, rain. That adds another dimension to the team, the lot, the, to, to the game. The line was four and a half early in the week, and it has slowly ticked down to where we are at three right now. Yeah, our buddy Kevin Roth, who comes on uh, across the network here on VEASAN, of course, on Brent Musburger's Countdown to Kickoff, usually. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Kevin Roth WX. He uh, does work for Roto Grinders. And here was his synopsis of what the weather is supposed to be like later this afternoon in Baltimore. said, looks like it will be a pouring pregame and early in the game. That might taper off a bit late, but it's a soaker regardless. Wind should be around 10 to 15 miles per hour sustained with gusts at 25 to 30 miles per hour. So expect weather to be yeah. a factor, which is why you've seen this total get driven down here yeah i mean and there's going to be weather in the new england game we don't know about the giant game at the meadowlands with the eagles but i think one of the hard things about week 18 especially this game is motivation like the the, the night game where we get houston and and Indianapolis. there's this is that's a that could be played in week 10 that everybody it's it's a playoff game we have a playoff game tonight the first wild card weekend starts tonight yep. with that game whereas this game handicapping the motivation of the Ravens is a challenge. And I think if you go into week 18 and just look at and go to bet labs and, and kind of put in the, you know, over time, what happens when a team is in a must-win situation in week 18 playing against a team that has no real motivation to win? You can say the Ravens always have it, but, on the, but just in terms of aligning categories, they have no motivation to win. And in that scenario, teams that are the favorite in this situation are 18-28 against the spread. And if the line is higher than three, it drops down to 33% win percentage. So these are not easy games. I mean, these are not easy games. It will not be an easy game for Tampa tomorrow in Carolina. It will not be an easy game for New Orleans or Atlanta. That's a playoff game as well. So I, I think that's the hardest part of handicapping week 18 is understanding you know, where you can go and what you feel like will be one team's trying, maybe the other team isn't. And we saw this scenario in 2019. The Ravens had already wrapped up home field advantage. They had the one seed. Pittsburgh was still in the playoff mix. And Baltimore, with RG3 at quarterback, beat 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is not an unfamiliar scenario. We've kind of seen this with Harbaugh as a dog at home. Just, yeah, nothing to play for, but they're still going to play hard. They're a well-coached team, a really good organization. And like we've said all week long, you can't sit everyone. This isn't the preseason. You, you only get five to seven inactives or whatever it is now. Like, guys, are, they're going to have to play out there. Right. And so, like, okay, so really, let's peel it back just another layer, right? So the game plan, how do you game plan this game? Right. The Ravens are going to game plan the game as if it was a regular game. You know, that Huntley has been involved with every single game plan for the 17 weeks. So they don't have to scale back the playbook for Huntley. He's, he knows it. He's involved. He understands it. It's the same thing on defense. They don't have to scale back the playbook for the defensive unit because most of their players and their signal callers are going to play. Whereas where it gets a little hairy is when the Rams, okay, Wentz, new quarterback, we're taking a bunch of these guys and we're not going to play them. Cleveland against Cincinnati, not going to play, playing uh, Driscoll, Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. Reduce the game plan. Reduce the defensive game plan. Let the guys play it's a preseason game plan. People call it a preseason game. That's wrong. It's a preseason game plan because the game plan has to be simple because you're kind of playing a lot of the younger players who've never played. You can't make it complex. That's where the element comes in. Whereas the 49ers, they're going to play Darnold, who's been with the offense all year. They're going to scale back what they do, but they're not going to cut back the game plan. Which so I think, I think is, there's, you have to kind of weigh that in there as well. Which in most cases, as it is in betting, Oftentimes things are a case by case kind of situation. Like you can't just be like, hey, like this is what it's going to be. It's like in the Ravens case, they can kind of still have the game plan that they have. Like you mentioned, since Tyler Huntley has been there all season on the Pittsburgh side, though, with Mason Rudolph starting like Kenny Pickett's healthy. They're going to go with Rudolph based on what they've seen over the last two weeks. Is there something offensively that Rudolph has given them that Pickett and Trubisky were not able to give them earlier this season? Or has it maybe been the defenses that they faced over those two weeks being Seattle and Cincinnati? Well, I mean, look, Seattle, I don't think they would have done it against Seattle. I mean, they're throwing the ball up the field. I mean, Rudolph has done a wonderful job of getting the ball down the field. And I think that's been the key to their whole offensive success. I mean, he averages 10.5 yards per attempt. 10.5. I mean, Trubisky was at 5.9 and Pickett was at 6.2. They were not making explosive plays down the field. And if you're not going to make explosive plays down the field, it's really hard for this offense to move the football. It's one of the key numbers that you look at all the time in quarterbacking plays, yards per attempt. How are we getting the ball down the field? If you're not above, if you're not in that high sevens or in the eights, you're going to have a hard time scoring points against good defense. And what we've seen here is, look, he's only started two games. Trubisky's played in five. This kid's almost had as many yards passing as Trubisky had. It's the same thing that happened with Flacco when he took over. All of a sudden, their passing game expanded. And that's insane that the fact that he's almost at the same amount of passing yards as Mitch Trubisky here. But we've seen the offense become more explosive. George Pickens, he's come alive once again. We're seeing his talent out there. The big plays he's able to make. Deontay Johnson, of course, as well on the outside. We'll give our official predictions for this game and our bets for the game to end the show here. But I think this is a really, really fascinating game. Once again, for the Steelers, win and then just get a little bit of help and they can get to the postseason here, whether it's a Buffalo loss or a Jacksonville loss or a tie between the Colts and the Texans, and we'll get into that game later on this hour. But Tim Murray joins us next here on the Lombardi Lab. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to bet smarter than VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up for our holiday special today and get a VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. What you'll get is the daily best bets, the exclusive betting splits, the premium analysis and 24-7 video, plus all our betting guides and best bets for the CFP final, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe for our holiday special today. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line here on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas and joining us here in his usual spot on a Saturday, our buddy Tim Murray, host of VSIN Primetime, which you can check out 6 to 9 Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And of course, the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast, which is already out now with all of his thoughts on the national title game. But Tim is kind enough to give us some of his thoughts here on the Lombardi Line as well. Tim, we appreciate you joining us here this morning. Uh, when you break down this game here, I mean, is Washington, because we've talked about it all week in the lead up to the Sugar Bowl, and we've talked about it afterwards as well. Do you think the Huskies are getting disrespected by the market once again, catching four and a half Monday night? Uh, yeah, it's a great question because I've been asked this a couple times, Femi, and uh, my short answer is no. Um, but I understand why people would say they are, because this is a team that, you know, under, under Kalen DeBoer this year, three and zero straight up obviously because they're undefeated uh, <laughs> as an underdog, right? They were an underdog in the PAC 12 championship, which now looks like a laughable line of being as high as 10. Uh, that's where the market closed, closed three and a half against Texas. And now here they are as a four and a half point underdog. Uh, and, you know, look, this team has thrived in the underdog role uh, under Kalen DeBoer. Uh, last year, they were an underdog twice. They won both of those games on the road at Oregon, catching 12 and then their bowl game. But, you know, this still is a team guys that went just seven, six and one ATS this year. So it's not like they went 11 and two ATS, right? They, they did have that stretch and there's some reason behind it was Michael Penix hurt. There was a reportedly a flu bug. I know uh, McMillan was uh, missed a couple of games, but this is a team that, you know, probably should have lost to a pretty bad Arizona state team uh, in a terrible, uh, you know, scheduling spot, but, Struggled there, uh, struggled against Stanford, uh, needed to go for fourth down in a tie game against a Washington State team that didn't make a bowl game in the final game of the regular season. So um, I, I don't I don't know if they are getting disrespected because, look, if they were being disrespected, the line would move the other way. Right. Like sharp betters would would move this line and make it a, a three or two and a half, whatever it may be. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out. Obviously, Washington, uh, these past couple of games, has has proved the line wrong, and uh, we'll see if they do it again here. But uh, I, I'm fascinated by this game. I know we'll get into it, guys. I love the fact that we got some you know new blood, so to, so to speak, in the, uh, in the national championship, and we also have just two really different styles of play which I think makes for a fascinating 
handicap of this uh, national championship game. That's where I want to go with this style of play. To me, this is Frazier Ali. Michigan is Frazier. They want to pound it. You know, I know that he called J.J. McCarthy, Jim Harbaugh, the greatest quarterback in Michigan history. We can have that discussion at a later date. But to me, Michigan wants to – I mean, they got into 22 personnel in overtime and they just ran it. And they scored, right? I mean, that's who they are. They're going to run it. They ran it the second half against Ohio State. They want to beat you up. And the longer the game goes, they beat you up. Whereas I think Washington wants to spread this out. They're Ali. And I just don't know what comparison to look at in Michigan where they did an unbelievable job of defending a spread as good as this one. That's where I'm having a hard time getting my head around Michigan as the winner because I can't find a game where I could say, okay, this is a team that's similar to what Michigan, what Washington has skill-wise with the quarterback and how they defended it. Milrow was a whole different situation. They, didn't, they weren't worried about Milrow in terms of second look, where he's going, spread the field. This one's a little different. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's no doubt. No, you're right. And I think I've, I've said it all week, Michael, and I, I think it's pretty, pretty true where Michigan has not faced anybody of the, the passing talent skill level of a team like Washington. You could say uh, Ohio State because of Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka, but they don't have the quarterback like Michael Penix, right? I mean, <laughs> their quarterback transferred to Syracuse. They, they went out and got Will Howard, Ohio State, that is. So no one for Ohio State this year is comparable, certainly, to C.J. Stroud. But then you flip it on the other side, and while Washington has played the likes of, of an Oregon, they have not faced anyone, in my opinion, that has a, a defensive front like Michigan does and has a, has a team that's going to run the ball uh, like Michigan. Now, the interesting part about Michigan this year, guys, uh, from an offensive standpoint is you know, last year, I thought the running game was more dynamic with Blake Corum being more healthy, right? He got injured in Ohio State, had to go through it, you know, surgery, didn't play in their bowl, uh, didn't play in the uh, in the playoff. And Donovan Edwards is is just not himself. He's not the home run hitter that he was last year, a guy that ran for over 200 yards against Ohio State. So once again, that brings it back to the styles and, and how this is all going to be played out, right? The fact that it is on a fast track in Houston, does that benefit a team like uh, like Washington that has three pro receivers? I mean, Polk, McMillan, uh, and Adunze guys targeted 20 times against Texas, 19 receptions. I mean, they just don't miss and they they don't, you know, drop passes. It's, it's remarkable what they uh, have been able to do. I do wonder if, uh, you know, Jesse Minter, a guy who's, you know, come from the pro ranks, Coaching under uh, you know John Harbaugh, uh, John Harbaugh, and in Baltimore, you know if they are going to drop a bunch here, you know, and 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 disguise some coverages because I do think Dylan Johnson's injury at the end of the uh, Sugar Bowl, the running back for Washington, even though guys he wasn't really effective, only having I believe forty nine yards in that victory. I do wonder if he's not 100%, which I would be surprised if he is 100% based off of what we saw at the end of the game and just the pain that he was in. If they are one-dimensional, Washington, does Michigan, is Michigan able to take advantage of that? And I do think Blake Corum, to your point, Michael, what we saw in overtime, that's what Michigan's hoping to see throughout this entire game. That Blake Corum looked like 2022 Blake Corum, where he just hit the hole. He was, you know, uh, elusive. He was, you know, hitting the hole hard. So uh, once again, that brings it back just to the fascinating dynamic of this game. And I do think total wise, you know, if if you're of the belief of that Michigan's going to win, I think it's an under. And if you think Washington's going to win, I think it's an over. I think there's a lot of correlation between side and total as we head into Monday night. We're speaking with Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. And that was great analysis, Tim. And then when you put it all together and you break out the crystal ball, who do you think ultimately wins Monday night? And what do you think about in terms of the side four and a half Michigan, the favorite? Yeah, I do think Michigan wins this game. But uh, am I racing to lay four and a half? Absolutely not. I mean, this is a, a, a dynamic offense uh, that very few have been able to slow down. And, you know, let's say Michigan were to be up 10, uh, which, you know, may be far fetched, but you know, the, the possibility of Michael Penix and company being able to get a backdoor and scoring in a flash certainly makes you worried. So I think this is going to be bet like a Super Bowl, guys, where uh, I know and the, to the odds makers that I've talked to so far. And remember, 
This is a high-profile game on a Monday. We've got Week 18 in the NFL starting today. People have not really started to bet this game. Sharp guys have, but the the public has not started to bet it yet. So the public's going to start taking the points, more so taking the money line. And if you look at it right now, as we have that screen up there, guys, that's a suppressed money line already, right? I mean, you know, I was talking to Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, last night on, on my show, and you know that Michigan at four and a half should probably be in the two dollar range, and now it's down at minus one eighty five. So I think there's a couple ways to attack it if you're looking to back Michigan, like I am, um, on the money line. You wait it out, see what the lowest price you could get, or if you want to get a little more cute, there's a couple different ways. Do you go anytime uh, touchdown Blake Corum pair that up in a, a same game parlay? I'll be honest, I'm not a big SGP guy, but uh, that is certainly a way Blake Corum has scored a touchdown in every single game this year for the Wolverines. You could bring that juice down a little bit, or you could pair them with someone else. If you like someone in the NFL uh, today or tomorrow, I particularly am intrigued by South Dakota State and the FCS National Championship, which for some reason, guys, is on a Sunday afternoon. I don't understand why it's not today, but that's beside the point. Check uh, with Will so, Hill on that. Will Hill handles all the scheduling on, on football. Yeah, so I will, I will, uh, I will call that. the man in Connecticut. He's got to worry about shoveling yeah. his driveway today, though. Six to ten inches yeah. apparently coming to the uh, the Hill Estate there. Uh, but yeah. what I'm going to do, guys, is uh, I'm going to take Michigan on the money line come Monday. But uh, as for now, actionable. I'll pair Michigan with the Jackrabbits. Uh, you can get that down at DraftKings at minus 122. And uh, we ride with uh, a pair of favorites. What could go wrong in a pair of national championship games? <laughs> all right. South Dakota State and Michigan. We got to use all the tools in the toolbox there. And sometimes SGP yeah. or parlays, it's I a tool it. that you can South use. Dakota, I love it. <laughs> Here's our buddy. Way to go, Tim. Tim Murray. Check him out. VSIN Primetime, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 Eastern, as well as the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast, which, even though the season's ending Monday night, I'm sure you guys will be looking at the portal, all the moves, what's ahead for 2024. Tim, we appreciate you joining us as always, man. Be well and good luck with the bets. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Awesome stuff Thank there you, from our buddy Tim Murray. On the other side, we'll get the draft perspective for the national title game. Dane Brugler, draft analyst at The Athletic, joins us next here on the Lombardi Lab. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. All you got to do is visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today. Only $9.99 to become part of the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas and joining us now. One of the my favorite follows all football season long, especially draft season, which is upon us here with the national title game Monday night. The one and only Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst over at the Athletic. Dane, we appreciate you waking up with us here this morning. And I want to start off with this national title game. Michael Penix Jr. here, the quarterback for Washington, getting a lot of buzz after his performance in the Sugar Bowl earlier this week week is there a chance because people talk about this number one overall pick maybe it's not a lock situation is there a chance that Penix could be QB1 by the time we get to the draft later on this spring well first off I can't wait for this game I mean when you have a national championship game you want great versus great and it feels like we have this and it feels like we have two contrasting styles with these teams to see how this Michigan uh, you know, the defense, they want to control the ball with the, the ground game on offense going up against this high flying passing attack of Michael Penix in Washington. And I mean, what, what Penix did in the semifinals against Texas was really, really impressive. And it's funny because all through the season, you know, checking in with West coast scouts, they all said second round, third round. Uh, I, I did not have a single scout tell me first round with Michael Penix but then you go out and have a performance like he did against Texas and one game doesn't change the grade, but subconsciously or consciously, you just can't ignore what he's been able to do this season specifically when the lights are the brightest, what he did against Oregon twice, what he did against Texas. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to point out that I think fans think that there's like this one big consensus rankings from team to team when it comes to quarterbacks in the draft, 
when that's not the case at all. You go team to team and you're going to have different rankings from some will prefer Caleb Williams at the top. Some might look at Drake May and say, hey, we think this is the guy. Others might look at Jaden Daniels. And it's not crazy to think that a team could look at Michael Penix and say, look, the way his deep ball, how aggressive he is as a passer, his play demeanor. Yeah, we'll bet on that. And then he is our top quarterback this year. So I, I still think it's a long shot that Michael Penix would be QB one but you just can't count it out with the way he's played. And if he goes out against Michigan and has the type of performance that he did, like he did against Texas, uh, anything's on the table uh, when you have a player of this caliber. Dane, how do you have him ranked? You know, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's behind that. He, I think he's in a second tier of quarterbacks this year. I think Caleb Williams, Drake may are still tier one. And then I think Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix are in tier two uh, with Penix. Obviously there's, other things you have to consider with the injury history. Uh, it, it's long, it's a couple of knees, a couple of shoulders. Uh, he's an older player. Um, and, and one thing that uh, the situation at Washington is so perfect for him. When you look at the offensive line, best offensive line in college football, he's been sacked a grand total of 12 times uh, the last two years for the Huskies. So he just doesn't get touched. And that plays a big part in that. Uh, in, in what he's been able to do with his success. Uh, his, the receivers that he's throwing to are three guys that would be drafted in the top 100 picks, including Roma Dunze, who has a good chance of being a top 12 pick in April. And then you have the coaching staff, uh, both the play calling and then the offensive coaches around him. So it's a really perfect situation. And you don't ding uh, Michael Penix for that. It's not his fault. He has a perfect situation around him. But how does that play into the evaluation process? It's It's something that makes it, a little complicated as you kind of work through the conversation uh, because, you know, his mechanics aren't perfect, uh, especially with his lower body. Uh, his reactions to pressure can be a little bit up and down, a little bit inconsistent. Um, he's not as comfortable working over the middle of the field. So there's a lot of things that maybe give you a little bit of pause as you project him to the next level. But then when you focus on the strengths, the positives, uh, you know, it's easy to get excited about him, especially that deep ball, um, the way how aggressive he is, but he takes you know, really calculated uh, risks with the football, throwing it downfield. So uh, I, I think he's going to be someone that we're going to be debating here the next four months. We're speaking with Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst over at the Athletic here on the Lombardi line. Well, Dane, what about the quarterback that's also in this game? The other guy, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Jim Harbaugh said he's the best quarterback in Michigan history here. How do you have him rated? And also when you talk to people around the league, whether it's scouts or front office executives, how does the league see J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan QB? First thing that scouts mention is the intangibles. Um, he's very unflappable. Um, it doesn't matter the, the, whatever the scoreboard says, the situation, he has the same demeanor about him. And really you could say that about both of these quarterbacks in the national title game. Uh, but it's just the complete opposite of what Washington asks of Penix, Michigan. They don't ask McCarthy to push the ball downfield over the last five games. So including the Penn state game, including the Ohio state game, the big 10 championship game against uh, Alabama in the semifinals, he's averaging 6.6 yards per attempt. And a lot of those plays are schemed plays to get receivers open. So he's not asked to read the entire field, but to McCarthy's credit, when they need him to make a play, he has executed this year. Nobody is better on third downs of his dropbacks. Over 50% result in a first down uh, for comparison's sake for Michael Penix. Every time he drops back, uh, it's 41% uh, of his dropbacks result in a first down. So with McCarthy, you like the tools. He's a, he's a very lean player. I had a scout tell me that he went through uh, this fall and said he thought he was under 200 pounds. So, you know, body type, he needs to work on that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of things to, to like from an intangible standpoint. And when you just look at the tools, and so I, I think both of these quarterbacks will be polarizing throughout the draft process. You'll have some that, are really optimistic about how they project to the next level while others might have more questions. Dane, how about Jaden Daniels? Really a lean player, right? You know, and I think that uh, some teams will be concerned of body type with him and the kind of inconsistency sometimes he shows. Obviously, he was good enough to win the Heisman, but what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, it's uh, I think scouts are just uh, they're happy that he's up to 205, 207, because when he left Arizona State two years ago uh, at six, three and a half, he was 185 pounds. So the fact that he's put on 20 pounds uh, the last two years is a 
uh, positive sign at least. But, you know, I, one thing I look at when I evaluate quarterbacks, one thing that to me is the most important is can you create explosives? And nobody has done that better than Jane Daniels. This year, he accounted for 90 plays of 20 plus yards. It, for comparison's sake, uh, Joe Burrow, when he had that phenomenal season, uh, back in uh, when the national ch- uh, championship season for LSU, he had 87 plays of 20 plus yards, and he did that in 15 games. Jane Daniels had 90 in only 12 games this year. So now it's, I think it's fair to point out he has two first round receivers that he's throwing to. The LSU offensive line was very good. Um, but you know, you could also argue he's doing it against better competition. The Pac 12 doesn't have a single defense that ranks top 50 in pass defense. And so that factors in with the Michael Penix conversation, where within the SEC, you're seeing a better pass rush, you're seeing better athletes in the secondary. So what Jaden Daniels has done this year is just really, really impressive. Um, you know, first player in SEC history with 3,800 passing yards, over 1,000 rushing yards in a season. Um, you like the uh, progression that he has shown from the pocket in terms of reading out the field, uh, understanding what the defense is doing, and then finding the vulnerabilities in that defense. Uh, he has the uh, ability to win with his legs as well as with his arm. Uh, the name that comes up when I've talked to scouts is Lamar Jackson, which it's not an apples to apples comparison. I think they're, they're different players, but where the similarities are is you have to prepare for Jane Daniels uh, with his legs as well as his arm because he can beat you rushing the football. And he's a little bit of a, a maniac when he, when, he, when he carries the football. He, he <laughs> kind of wants, wants to show how tough he is uh, every single run. And, you know, he needs to get that back a little bit just to preserve his body. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of optimism with Jane Daniels. I think he's put himself into that top 10 mix. And we're going to have no shortage of teams that need quarterbacks this year, both at the top and the top three picks, but then also towards – the back end of the top 10 talking about the Raiders talking about possibly the giants. I mean, there, there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in these quarterbacks. Dane, we got about 40 seconds left. I know you're an Ohio state guy, so I'm sure you've seen Justin Fields' college career. And I'm, I'm guessing you've also mm-hmm. watched him at the next level as well. If you were in charge of the Chicago bears, what would you do with the number one overall pick based on what you've seen from fields and what you've seen from the quarterbacks that are coming out in this year's draft? Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough not being in the building every day just to better understand fields um, as he prepares for every game. But I, I just don't think we've seen enough where I'm going to – because this is more a financial decision than just a football decision. So are you prepared to give him, um, you know, $100 million in an extension? I'm not there. And so I think it's a clean break. I think you have a chance to draft the quarterback. You give fields a chance to, uh, you know, a new scenery. And you're going to get something for him uh, if you trade him. I, I think you can get – to maybe, you know, multiple day two picks. And so it's something that you have to look at it from a value standpoint. Uh, He's going to be a commodity. Uh, There's no question about that. So uh, it's a good position to be in if you're the Bears. You got a boatload of picks and a boatload of cap space. He is Dane Brewer. We're going to talk for hours about the NFL draft. It gets me excited for what's going to come this spring. Check him out over at The Athletic, their lead NFL draft analyst. Dane, we appreciate the time, man. Be well. Thank you, Dane. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Awesome stuff there. On the other side, we'll preview tonight's playoff game between the Colts and the Texans next year on the Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, 
I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, and they will get the NBA League Pass for the rest of the season. Download the app and use the promo code VSEN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. I mean, all you have to do is bet $5 and get a League Pass. Sign me up. Uh, this is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi. Thank you to Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst of The Athletic, joined us in the last segment. If you missed it, make sure you check it out in podcast form. Uh, all you got to do is search the Lombardi line wherever you get your podcast. I mean, boy, talking to Dane, I'm telling you, like, obviously, I'm sad to see the NFL season go with this being the final week of the regular season. Excited for the playoffs and what that'll bring. But how can you not get excited for draft season? Talking to talking to Dane Brugler <laughs> and all that, like, like the, the draft betting and all that stuff there. Like, like it's it's. It's all coming let down me, the stretch. Let me just caution you a little bit here, Femi. Let me just caution you a little bit. Like, all right. Like the Dane used the word scout quite a bit in his presentation because he talks to scouts. Mm-hmm. There is a huge difference between talking to scouts and talking to decision makers. Okay? And these draft boards now that are done by scouts will completely change. Go back. I'll send them to you. Go back and look at all the mock drafts in January. that are really from scouts to these mock drafters. I've saved them all. And then look at the final final ones in April. Okay? Look at them. I mean, you know, chapter and verse, I can go through them all. I got them on my OneNote. Like, the scouts evaluate players, understanding that they do work for teams, but they don't necessarily understand what is valued in the league. Like, Penix's ability to throw the ball down the field. That's a huge value, right? Explosive plays, you know. And so to think you're going to get somebody who's really good on the third level in the second or the third round, it's like we we drafted Eric Turner, the second pick overall in Cleveland, right? when When the scouts met, everybody was like, yeah, we should take him in the second round. He'd be a great, yeah, of course he'd be a great second round pick, a tremendous second round pick. But the guy's got size, speed, and four years of production. Like, where are we getting that in the second round? Because they grade players based on rounds. The scouts grade players based on rounds. So they always err on the side of caution. I think this guy's a second or a third rounder. If they said that to Walsh, Walsh would say, I don't even know what that means. But is Penix, the question is, you ask yourself, is Penix going to be a starter in the league and he has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback in the league? If your answer is yes to that question, you're not, he's going in the top 15 players. So like this whole thing gets completely out of whack. And you have to really be careful to not listen to where these guys are ranked today. Okay, because we're going to read about Will Levis last year, top three player, right? Now he goes in the second round. Probably doesn't even have, you could not say watching Will Levis play football this season that that guy is a potential starter in the National Football League. Could be a backup, but not a starter. 
So like to me, you have to temper it because the, the difference between what people understand about the NFL and the NFL is a vast gap. And I'm not trying to be arrogant here at all. I'm not. No. It's just that when you're not in the building every day, when you don't understand the league, like you're going to go into your first draft meeting and you're going to have every little wide receiver. You know, he could be a slot. He could be a slot player. Well, that position doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. The Wes Welkers, the Amadolas, the Edelmans, those guys, if they can't play outside, they can't play because you have no run game. You can't block the weak side. And so if you're an 11 and you're trying to throw the, run the ball out of any run, you can't because you can't block the star. And so, therefore, you have, no, you have to run the ball strong side. The defense knows that. You've got really nothing. And so the, the inside receiver now has to be versatile. He's got to play in. He's got to play out. And, and that position's changed. But in draft rooms, the, you'll still hear scouts say, well, he'd be a perfect slot receiver. The position doesn't exist. The position doesn't exist. Just like the position for linebacker. If the guy can't be on the field in 11 or 12 personnel, he has no play. He has no play. So, like, everybody, well, he's a great first down linebacker. There is no first down anymore. There is no first. Every down's passing down. So, to me, that's where the disconnect comes, and that's where you start to build up some, some kind of false narrative out there that doesn't make any sense. I think that's really well said there. And it kind of sums up the draft process of, and people always talk about how the media is catching up to what the opinions are of the decision makers, because right now we don't know those opinions. We know the opinions, like you mentioned, of the scouts who do not. Right. Make and any they, and the they say this kid's rising. They yep, say this rising kid's rising. <laughs> right. Well, he was completely in the wrong spot. Like I yeah. just completely disagree with the concept of a riser. There's no such thing as a riser. He was evaluated wrong. It's like one of my first meetings with the, we had a personnel director in Cleveland and he had his, he had his little computer and we didn't have phones then. And, and you know, I gave the guy a six, five, Femi gave him a five, six. So he's a six, one. Well, the one thing he's not is a six, one, yep. right? Like you can't average it out. Like he's not a six, one. He's either, if either I'm right or he's right. Like to me, there is no middle. And it's the same thing with these positions. You, there's no riser or fallers. They were graded incorrectly. I hear scouts all the time say, well, I don't want to move that guy too far up the board because, you know, we had him in a lower spot. You had him wrong. You had him wrong. Yeah. I mean, we took Shaq Mason. He was on the reject board in New England. He was on the reject board. We drafted him in the fourth round. And, and, and well, he starts. you say, well, how did that happen? Easy, because the scout that went in there said the kid can't pass protect. He said, well, he can't pass protect. Correct. He can't pass protect because they run they run the veer. They run the option. But here's the good. Here. The good news is he has no bad habits because he has no habits. So if we teach him how to pass protect, he could become a good player. Which is so fascinating. It's like just because they didn't do it doesn't mean that they can't do it. Like you said, like we can teach this to be like, hey, he's not incapable. He's coming out of Georgia Tech where they were running the football 90% of the time there. So he just never had to do it. And I think a really good example of what you're saying here, Michael, that there's no such thing as a riser, no such thing as a faller is two years ago with the number one overall pick with Trayvon Walker. I mean, in January, Trayvon Walker was late first round, middle first round. And then all of a sudden, once we go to the combine, everybody talks to actual decision makers. And it's like, I'm actually hearing Trayvon Walker's in play for first overall. And then everything yeah. goes kind of crazy to where he ends up going first overall. And we can obviously debate whether they should have taken Hutchinson or Walker or whatever. It doesn't matter. But the point is that, hey, like the Jaguars saw this guy, Trent Baalke saw this guy as a number one overall pick, even though the media in January did not. Um, let's talk right. about the, tonight's game, though. Speaking of the AFC yeah. South, Texans and the Colts win and you're in, lose and you're out. Right now, Houston has been bet out to a two point favorite. This was one much of yesterday. Not a huge move since, I mean, what is the chance the game lands? on one but it's a move nonetheless Texans on the road the favorite total 47 and a half here and uh, this is a game to where uh, who do you trust in this do or die situation because we haven't seen either of these coaches or these quarterbacks in this kind of spot yeah I mean that's a fair question right like you know this is a playoff game I mean this is a playoff we are fortunate to have this so yeah. you can say whatever you want it's a playoff game oh, winner go it. home right yeah loser go home 
And I think, you know, you're looking at Stroud, never played in that game. You also got Minshew never really played in the game. You got two coaches who've never really coached in this kind of game. You know, and so it, it becomes a little bit of a, okay, what do you, who do you think is going to fold under the pressure? Who's going to not match it? I think you have to streamline it back and say, okay, who's the best quarterback in the game? Stroud. Who has the best defense in the game? The Texans, right? Who has the best special teams in the game? I'm going to give that to the Texans too. So, you know, I, I think to me, unless they can't handle the moment, which I can't imagine that Stroud can't, playing at Ohio State, playing in big games, Georgia, Michigan, you, you can handle that, right? I don't think Gardner's going to fold. I think the weaknesses in Minshew are going to be the weaknesses in the game and has nothing to do with the relevance of the game. And so I, I, I think to me, you know, you got to just handicap this game. And I keep saying to myself, if Aiden O'Connell can look like Peyton Manning against the ra- against the, the, the this Colt defense on the road, then how is Stroud not going to throw for three hundred today tonight? Like, how are they not going to make explosive plays? How is Singletary not going to run the ball? Like, unless Gus Spradley decides to engage it into a man-to-man game and try to attack the pocket a little bit. I think the Texans can move the football. Now, can the Texans stop them? They couldn't in the first game. They got behind in the first game, 28 to 10 at the half. That was a problem. You know, Richardson gets hurt in this game. And the Colts and the Colts have the yeah, the easy win, but they held on at the end. I just think to me, the way Minshew plays, if you can get after him with this front, you know, with this front, Rankin's inside, Anderson Greenard isn't going to play, it sounds like. He's their best rusher. Yeah, he's Rankin's out. has been tremendous inside. But I'm telling you, Jerry Hughes is as good as anybody. And the tackles for the Colts are the weak link of their offensive line. And if they put pressure on Minshew, much like the Raiders did, I don't know how many points they can score. They're going to have to run the football to win the game, the Colts. Can they? I, I'm, I'm doubting that. Who do you think is the best coach in the game? That, that, that deserves a, a longer answer. I, I think both of them have strengths. I think one coach, Sykin, can't overcome Bradley because Bradley's stuck in what he does. Yeah, no, I think it's a fascinating game. I'm glad we have it tonight. We'll talk more about it hour number two, which is coming up next here on the DraftKings Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.